Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger, put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit stoptextsstoprex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Tribalism sucks. Critical thinking is pretty cool. Thanks for being part of American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. You know, that line between freedom of speech and, well, whatever something else is that's not freedom of speech is getting thinner and thinner, and it's kind of shades of gray these days with all the protests happening and all the changes in our society right now. So we'd better make that line bright and clear if we can, because freedom of speech isn't just about hearing what you like. I think freedom of speech is essential to a free society. But at the same time, it's also not about saying anything you want wherever and however you want. And those last two points are really important. It's just not a very simple question. I'm Mike Ferguson. Thank you for spending uh, part of your weekend with us here on American Viewpoints. Joined now by Alec Graven. He is with the Institute for Free Speech. And and Alec, uh, the op-ed that you wrote that caught my eye and I think is really worthy of discussion here is very simple. Coronavirus and mass protests demonstrate need to proactively protect First Amendment rights. Why does this get so confusing when we get into really tense times like we have right now? I'm pretty much a free speech absolutist, but that doesn't mean you can do anything you want. So one of the things that I was writing in the article is about the need for like emergencies and protecting the First Amendment in advance of the emergencies. Because in these times, a lot of officials need to balance a lot of information. They need to make hard judgment calls on like, public health guidelines, making sure that like protests can like safely protect the public. And the problem is in emergency times, people have a tendency to overestimate dangers that they're facing, and they also can underestimate the value of free speech. And we've seen that like historically in the Sedition Act, um, Sedition Act the United States government has passed. It's really important that protections are made in advance so that in times of emergency, people don't sacrifice constitutional liberties that are important. And so what I was trying to make the point in the article is that in advance of an emergency, we should come in, make specific laws that try to maximize free expression as much as possible while also protecting the public health. It just has to be done carefully and deliberately. One of the things that maybe someone who's a a small L libertarian would uh, probably recoil and say, what do you mean, pass laws to maximize freedom? I don't understand how that would work. What are the types of laws that uh, we could consider that would maximize freedom, especially when it comes to the freedom of speech, because we've got some people who are claiming what they're doing is free speech, and it's really not because it's, I think, violating other people's rights. But let's start with what can be done. Yeah, I think there are several important policies that officials can take. The first is uh, whenever they make like some kind of policy that limits like speech rights because of public health, they might limit gathering sizes or might require like six feet of social distancing or that protesters wear masks. Um, those would be important guidelines um, in present times. But legislators can also add sunset provisions, meaning that um, after a certain amount of period, that power of government, like the discretionary authority, would disappear and would have to then be reassessed and reauthorized. And so this 
means that government doesn't just have like complete power to enact laws, it's limited, meaning after like a certain amount of time when the emergency might pass or be less present, um, those powers would have to be reauthorized. That's another um, like specific policy that people could enact in order to maximize freedom. Another law is you can enact certain like gatherings. So when there are legislation um, that comes in and limits um, expression rights, like says you need six feet of social distancing or a mask, those laws can also add specific um, protections to protesters, ensuring that protesters still have the right to speak out and have sufficient access um, in a law to speak out. Yeah, right. At times like this right now, obviously a lot of tension when it comes to, you know, law enforcement, public policy, racial issues, a lot of people protesting in in a variety of ways, you know, some of them violent and illegal, many of them peaceful. And also you've got the mix with the coronavirus scare that's happening all around the country. Why is it important at times like this? I mean, when things are so tense and so confusing and so scary, why is it important to remind ourselves or to address the fact that rights are there for difficult times? And sometimes we forget that. We're so worried about uh, protecting ourselves and our, our health and things like that, that we're willing to throw away the rights that we have sometimes. I think that's one of the most important aspects of the First Amendment, the idea that Popular speakers, like ideas that um, are mainstream opinions, um, have pretty much easy protection in society. But the First Amendment is a type of constitutional regulation that protects unpopular opinions. It protects like protests, things that um, challenge the status quo. And when people make like big monumental decisions in times of emergency or um, tense times, it's really important that we preserve that ability to push back against um, those decisions, those laws, to make sure that people still have the right to speak out and so that we can hear from ideas that sometimes can be unpopular but need to be heard or ideas that haven't gotten enough consideration in the past to make sure that those ideas are elevated. And those ideas that push against the status quo are less likely to be heard um, by a majority opinion unless there are strong underlying protections like the First Amendment gives people. And the First Amendment also protects uh, freedom of religion and, and religious expression. And that's been, I think, one of the really tense areas when government has come in and shut down churches and said, you're not allowed to meet because of the health scare. Do you have an opinion on where that line is on the right of government to, to shut down re religious freedom? Frank, frankly, I think everybody agrees that's what's happening when they say you cannot open your doors or you cannot have singing in your service, which is what happened recently in California. And to, to me, that's a huge question as far as how much religious freedom and, and right to religious freedom we actually have, because these are the times that test the limits of, of the First Amendment. Yeah, the First Amendment definitely specifically mentions religious freedom as um, an important aspect of the First Amendment. My position is whenever you create regulations, they can't discriminate on the basis of content. They have to be universal. So you can't just take specific ideas or specific classes of ideas and say, these are worthy for societal consideration and these are not. And so that means if a government official makes some kind of law saying that, like in the name of public health, we have to limit gathering sizes, it wouldn't be permissible for the government to come in and say, um, religious churches that um, don't, meet these um, don't meet these guidelines aren't allowed to meet but there are other types of gatherings that we deem essential that can then um, come in. So laws have to be universal and apply equally and can't discriminate on the basis of content. So that means that government can't treat religious speech and expression 
differently than it does other types of political speech or expression. Does the the fact that the First Amendment specifically addresses freedom of religion maybe even give it more protection than other types of, of speech? Because I've heard that argued as well, saying, well, you know, we, we don't hear other types of speech specifically mentioned in the First Amendment, but we do hear this one. So should we be even more careful with that, even even if people don't like the way that the, uh, the what they're allowed to do when others can't? First Amendment is very clear that it protects all ideas and it doesn't um, discriminate on the basis of content. So I don't think um, religion necessarily needs this um, special standing. I think all um, all those ideas um, and expressions, as long as they meet um, certain like time, place, and manner um, restrictions, are all protected. I think the reason why um, religious um, freedom was given specific consideration in the First Amendment is historically based. The idea that governments in the past have infringed on religious liberty, have um, limited access in society. And so it's one of those crucial things to highlight specifically um, that it's important. But I also think the First Amendment goes beyond um, just religious liberty and protects all um, all liberty of, um, of expression. Yeah, and then obviously, and I don't have time to get another whole full question in, but I, I think that you know, we can safely say that, uh, you know, violently throwing bricks and Molotov cocktails and things does not qualify as freedom of speech because you're violating somebody else's uh, speech and their property rights as well. Was that fair to say at least? Absolutely. And that's one of the important things of drawing like core lines of what is protected speech and what is not protected speech. It's really important to do that in advance of an emergency or in advance of a crisis. All right. Uh, Alec Graven from the Institute for Free Speech. Uh, once again, the op-ed is called Coronavirus and Mass Protests Demonstrate Need to Proactively Protect First Amendment Rights. It's a handful, but it's a good read, and you can find that at ifs.org. Uh, Alec, really appreciate the uh, insight here today. Thank you very much. Just ahead, get ready to tip your cap. Uh, it is the 100th anniversary of the Negro Leagues being founded in the United States, and this one's going to be fun. I've got the president of the Negro Leagues National Baseball Museum, Bob Kendrick, joining me next one of my favorite places in Kansas City. You should check it out. We're going to hear from Bob in just a few minutes here on American Viewpoints. This is the story of a very special woman. Just a few knew about her superpowers. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her Mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.